because that's when you when you sit back and you look at what makes a successful organization besides wins and losses it's decisions so i'm wondering if you'd mind sharing with us how much time you do have left on your contracts you know, Hub, I, I, I respect the question and I totally uh, get why you're asking it, but it's no different than player contracts. We don't, I mean, and for us, honestly, the, the entire focus, and you got to believe me when I say this, the whole focus is on getting this team right. Well, Ryan, with all due respect, we do know the terms of the players' contracts. I, I'm just asking when they expire. I don't care what you make or anything like that. Yeah, and, and, to, and to me, Hub, that's just a, that's just a non-factor. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. Uh, this is our last bear podcast until... Oh, probably till they trade for Deshaun Watson. Um, <laughs> with me, as always, is is Mike Pusateri, who is is uh, I don't think he's supposed to announce it yet, but he's he's gonna he's accepted the role of Samantha in the Sex and the City reboot. That was we wanted to keep that under wraps. Oh but okay. shit! Well, I can just, I'll just edit this part out. <laughs> yeah, just delete that. That's cool. Um, he, of course, is an actor and a comedian. You can find him on the interwebs at mikepusateri.com, where you can. Um, find all the fabulous links to his his Twitters and his Instagram and his IMDb page and um, I think he's got an Etsy store where you can buy uh, t-shirts, all kinds of stuff. Hand-knitted t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Parlor account, don't want to forget that. <laughs> yeah, that was you were real Mike Pusateri, is that what we decided last week? I think that's, yeah, that sounds good, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Terrific. So, um, yeah, we did a podcast the day before the night, actually the night they announced, they didn't announce the night it leaked out that Pace and Nagy were coming back, but we, we pretty much knew that was happening. So we didn't have to change that podcast at all. Yeah. Um, then we, we watched the, uh, zoom call from hell with the four stooges and, uh, <laughs> decided that we probably shouldn't let that pass without comment. So that's what today's all about. The, the future as exciting as it is of your beloved Chicago bears. Yeah. isn't everybody thrilled. Doesn't everybody feel optimistic after watching those two zoom calls? I, I tell you, it's a trifecta. Cause you watched the, the first part of it with, uh, with, uh, George and Ted. Then you watch yep. the second half with, uh, pace and Nagy. And then you watch the pillow fight. That was the saints and the bucks. And realize how thoroughly the Saints handled the Bears. And they're like, oh, yeah, they're really not good. Yeah, they really weren't all that good. Just one last, as if we needed another reminder that the Bears were bad. We got it unintentionally last night. So That was, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, going back to the the end of the season press conference. uh, You know, George is sitting there looking like Clarence Beaks. (laughs) You know, and George seems like I don't know anything about George, but he seems like doesn't he seems like a very decent guy. I mean, he seems he comes across that way to me. Like he's a guy, 
you want him to do well, right? You want to root for him, unlike, you know, Michael, rest, rest in peace. But, you know, George is a guy that um, I kind of think he seems like a nice guy. I'd like for him to do well. And he goes on for, you know, first of all, he goes on for like four or five minutes before he even says anything about the Bears. And he's looking down at his notes every two seconds. Yeah. I mean, can they not afford a teleprompter in Hellas Hall? Or can and, he not have, he, since he only was going to say three things over and over again, he couldn't memorize those. He had to keep but, referring to his cheat sheet. And some of that was like thanking the the first responders. You know, maybe, I don't know, can you speak from the heart on that a little bit? Do we need to have a prepared remark to, to thank the hospital workers and first responders? It just came off very stilted. And then you go over to, to uh, Ted. And Ted's looking like Tootie from Goodfellas. Took a job in customer service with the New York Metro with that headset on. And they proceed to say nothing except how much they're, they all collaborate together. And then we heard more of that when Pace and Nagy got, got together. It was all collaboration and we're working together. And it, it was just nonsensical. I assumed that Ted was also running the Hallis Hall switchboard and doing the, doing the Zoom call at the same time. That's why he had the headset on. That might have been it. That might have been it. <laughs> Eight, eight, and eight, eight and eight industries. How may I direct your call? <laughs> uh, we disappoint him and how? Why was Ted there? It, when I heard he was there, I thought, oh, good. They're going to announce he's retiring. Yeah. Then it became very clear. No, they were all staying. But why is he there? If he's not involved in the football decisions, then we don't need him on the end of season football call. Um, but then even then they insisted that over and over again. And then when I asked who evaluates Ryan Pace, Ted said it was him. You're right. So that's right. a football decision, whether you keep your general manager or not. So which is it? I think it was there just to rub it in. Like, Hey guys, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You're stuck with me. Here I am. Stuck is the, is the right word. And as far as George, I mean, he, I think he's got about as much mileage out of the, I'm not Mike as he possibly can now. I mean, he, yeah, yeah. Um, that would, that worked for a while. And now it's like, well, look, we're all, it's all well and good that you're a nice guy, but why are you in charge of our fucking football team? What does that have to do with it? And that's the problem. You know, you clearly don't know how to do this job and you're running a, a multi-billion dollar company. Maybe hire somebody to run it for you and, you just oversee that. You know, you're on you're the chairman of the board, just be that. You don't need to be trying to pretend you're something that you're clearly incapable of being. Yeah, and and it just seemed like uh you know, they're like, "Well, well, George, who who's managing, you know, who, if you're who's managing you?" if it was one of the questions essentially. And he's yeah. like, "Well, the board which is the family mostly. So that didn't well, he gave a terrible answer to the question about who he seeks input from. Oh God. The question was clearly geared to is the, is the board collab collaboration was of course the word of the day, but does yes. the board get together and basically make these big decisions as a group? He took it as who does he get advice from? And he immediately started talking about owners of other teams. <laughs> yeah. like, well, no, don't and then yeah. when he said who they were, it was even worse. Michael Bidwell, maybe the mm. maybe the dumbest, the other dumbest man to own a football team. 
who also got it gifted to him from his dad, who was also cheap. Um, yep. No, we don't want to hear that. No, we don't. We don't want to hear about the Maras. And, yeah, unless you're going to talk about um, Kate and Rooney. I don't want to hear about the Maras. I don't care. They have nothing right. to offer. <sighs> so it's just... You listen to it, and within three minutes, you're like, all right, not only... It's bad enough that nothing's going to change, but now you're going to rub it in for an hour and a half just how bad it is. Then things, And then on top of it, nothing's going to change. Thanks. It was, it was basically like the four of them saying, like, well, look... Um, it's like the Benjamin is it Benjamin Franklin who said like if if we don't hang together we will surely hang separately, and it was kind of like that. It was like well the four of us are here and uh, we're not going to throw each other under the bus and we're your brain trust and and everybody's like well why why are you guys the brain trust what what have you done to earn the fans' patience and respect and and to look forward to coming seasons. And you get, well, we collaborate. What have, well, they, what have they done? They won a playoff game in 2006. Two of them. Yes. Not That's what they've done. Them. Right. Now, nothing in the... Oh, I guess they did one one in 2010. Against a team with a losing record. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that was just Michael and Ted, though, of course. We didn't have the great, the great Ryan Pace. No. Or, Ryan Pace had six years of, of nothing. Although See, he, no. Six years of on-the-job training, evidently, Andy. It's, well, it's, he's getting better, and he insisted. He's, I'm a lot better at this job than it was six years ago. I say, well, that's boy. that's great, because you good. you must have really been shit then, because you're not very good now. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, every answer was, well, I've learned a lot, you know, six years on the job. No, no this, is not a, this is not Chicago Bears training program. Yeah, there are, there are teams in pro sports where clearly – what they need to do is hire up-and-coming people, hope they catch lightning in a bottle, get success out of them before they leave. The yeah. city of Chicago is not supposed to have those. They're supposed to be the ones who go to those teams and pluck them and go, all right, you've proven you can do it. Now come do it in a, in a real city with a real franchise. Exactly. The, uh, the Bears are clearly not run that way. Right. At all. Right. It's like, yeah, you, you go learn how to do that in Jacksonville, and if you do a really, really good job – there will come calling you, but they no, they don't do it that way. Well, maybe they'll hire Doug Marone. <laughs> you lost 15 in a row. You know what? That's great. We lost six in a row. I don't know if we, anybody mentioned it. We lost six in a row, but it really showed how what great character we have that we came out of it. It's like, okay, you, how about this? How about you have enough character that you don't lose six in a row? That at some point during that stretch, you suck it up and find a way to win a football game. Yeah, so are the Bears supposed to be envious of Doug Marone and his culture because you he lost know, fifteen in a row? They That's did, pretty good. Yeah, holy yeah. shit, they did. They uh, topped us by nine. <laughs> like, they must, he like, must really be good. Think of the team that, building that guy does. <laughs> That's a culture we need to emulate. It was the most backhanded, circular. I give them credit. They somehow managed to take not just deflect a night a six game losing streak. They took credit for it. They talked about the importance of the six-game losing streak and how that, that galvanized everybody around yeah. whatever it is. Right. One thing George said that I did like, though, was when he said, I don't consider this a non-losing season, or he, however he said it. I hope he didn't say I don't consider this a winning season because you couldn't. But he basically, right. he basically said they were 8-9. and nine. 
They weren't eight and eight. They were eight and nine. Because mm-hmm. the playoff game counts, which the other guys were trying to. They kept both um, Pace and Nagy hid behind eight and eight like it was some kind of shield. Yeah, like, right. Holy shit, look what we accomplished. It's like, yeah, you. <laughs> we've said it before. You won three of your last 11 games. That's what you, yeah. that's what you accomplished. Congratulations. Right. Uh, it was very conspicuous. The They never said, no. none of those four people ever said the words Mitch or Trubisky. The only time it was ever said was in questions about, is Mitch coming back? And then he got a lot of, everything's on the table. But yeah, it, right. Mitch has been shoved off the table. Everything else is on the table. Right, right. Which yeah, is, you're right. They didn't utter that, did they? No, none that. of the four said either word. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't try to take credit for his improvement after the benching, which I thought was good because we all know that was bullshit. He didn't really improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can't be clear that he has zero future in Chicago, which certainly doesn't break my heart. But that also doesn't mean that the quarterback position will improve. You know, Just because you let one dud wander out the door, that doesn't mean these guys can't find an even bigger dud to walk in behind him and right. it'll be like, oh. Now, no one who's sane will, during next season, be like, oh, I can't, well, they should have just brought Mitch back. Things would be so much better. But <laughs> there will be a lot of, they s- still can't get it right because I, I have zero confidence that whoever they pick will be worth a shit. Right. I mean, the tr- Pace's track record, not so great. Um. Mike Glennon, Mitch yeah. Trubisky, Nick Foles, Tyler Bray. Was it Tyler might even been around. Nah, Tyler was around before, was he? And no. um, David Fails, right? I think they inherited Fails, I think. I think he did, yeah. But that's another part of the problem is this. The, he, li- he lied in his first press conference ever when he said they're going to draft a quarterback every year. Right. They've only ever drafted one. Yeah. Just Mitchell. My man, Mitch. Oh, Chase Daniel. I forgot to. Oh, I forgot Chase Daniel. The best, the, the unequivocally, the best quarterback of the Ryan Pace era. (laughs) And he's probably what he's, he was in the NFL this season with the lions. He's probably the 54th best quarterback in the league. That's the best one Pace has ever found. It's a good track record. He basically came with, with Pace to be uh, quarterback coach number 11. For Mitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I gotta go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say another confounding thing was they were talking about how what a great infrastructure they have in place to develop a quarterback with (laughs) Ryan Pace and Bill Lazor and Dave Ragone and Flip Mm -hmm. uh, D. Filippo. They you know we gotta call him Flip. It's like okay, no. I, you can't, you have no tangible proof that that's a good infrastructure. It's yeah. an infrastructure, but you you haven't developed a quarterback. So what are you basing it on? Nothing. You have no passing lab. <laughs> maybe they can get, maybe Craig Breslow will stop by. <laughs> he can give them an hour of his phony baloney bullshit. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta give it. I gotta, I gotta give credit to Mark Potash, man. He had some brass balls when talking about Mitch. Yes, yeah, so, we so he asked the question. I believe of George. 
George gave kind of a mealy-mouthed answer, and mealy-mouthed, not mealy-mouthed, that's a different thing, yeah. and um, basically said, you should ask Ryan that, and so he did, <laughs> and uh, Ryan literally did not answer the question. He started talking about how uh, two years ago they needed a running back, and they found David Montgomery. It's like, what does that yeah. have to do with anything? And even that, I find it hard to believe you can hold up the David Montgomery draft selection as a knockout out of the park success. You've traded right. up to get a very mediocre running back. Now, just the fact that he happens to be the best running back on your team doesn't make him good. And we talked about it for 17 weeks, 18 weeks, I guess, with the bye. We both like David Montgomery, and he's a useful player, but he's not your, he's not a number one running back, and if he is, he can't be the only running back you have, and that's what they did. Oh, right. Right. And he also wasn't like a diamond in the rough. Like, most teams had him, you know, yeah. in that third round. He uh, was a, he was a, a surprise. That he was a three-down back because he could catch the ball, and the knock on him was that he didn't have elite speed or quickness, and the Bears got exactly that. They got a guy exactly you, can, that. you can have on the field all three downs. Not on fourth down though. You gotta, um, you gotta bring Cordarrelle in for that. Um, and who doesn't have elite speed or quickness, which is why he was a third round draft pick. Right, right. Yeah, that's what he pivoted to. And and I love the way Potter's had some brass balls. The way you phrase that question. I mean, it was essentially, hey, yeah, Ryan. Uh, with all due respect, uh, you kind of really screwed up there drafting mm. Mitch. Uh, why should we have uh, any confidence you're going to get the next one right? Yeah, that was the question. Was was literally. <laughs> You fucked it up. What? How are you gonna avoid fucking it up again? Yeah, and then Ryan Pace and David Montgomery. Play. Right. I'm gonna draft yeah, David Montgomery instead. Play him a quarterback. And and when and Ryan Pace using his lurch voice is like, well, I, I understand the question, and we got David. You know, we're th- we're all working together. We're all collaborative, and it was a complete non-answer, completely non-satisfactory. The, and it just it just came back to the four of them are like it must have all right guys let's just have each other's backs in these calls yeah. and, and and that'll be it. Yeah, it was the, the the strategy clearly was don't blame anybody. No, and survive the phone call. Get through that our get through it as quickly as possible and just survive it. Don't create a don't create a um, crisis. And they mostly didn't. Other than the fact everybody was pissed that Ted was there and was there not to quit. Right. Right. And, and their PR intern handed them talking points, evidently, you know, collaborative. Yeah, it was, it was, a, just, it was just the thesaurus open to the page for share. <laughs> yeah. And then they just went down and any, any version of share. Yes. They were, um, they were all, we're, over. Stick, we're sticking together. We have great communication. Um, and then again, he said he was, he was talking about Nagy, and and Pace was went on to praise his humility. You know, and again, yeah. it was along the lines along the lines of why should we trust either of you guys? You have failed. Well, I just love Matt's humility, and you know what? He was like, you know, if uh, you know uh, when we have to make when we have issues or when we hit, want to play to a strength or a weakness on the offensive line, Matt's right there to say, Hey, I'll change the play call accordingly. <laughs> well, great. Every coach is going to do that. What, what is this evidence that they're pointing to? Um, so I had a friend ask me, what could they have done 
to have in that press conference that would have actually given that they'd already decided to bring all the all the morons back what could they have done mm-hmm. to let people leave not depressed because every bear fan left the press conference depressed right i think the only thing they could have done if the idea was that ted was staying ryan was staying matt matt was staying was can i can i interject before you answer yeah. before you say that a little idea clark the cub couldn't they <laughs> couldn't they they, may, they could have all been pantsless. We don't know. It could have been a Clark tribute under the desks. That's right. That would have been fun. Um, yeah, maybe it's too bad Ted didn't have like a Jeremy Tubin moment when he thought the, it was over <laughs> and he had to get fired. Yeah. Try to explain that to Virginia. Mm. He did what now? He, <laughs> zo- he zoomed himself? Uh, all right. All right, Grandma, let's, all right, let's take a step back. Let's, yeah, don't worry about that. I think the only thing they could have done that would have actually made you feel like, okay, maybe they maybe they could salvage this would have been to have had Nagy acknowledge that he's not an offensive genius. But ha- but they could all double down on. But you know what? He probably is a guy. He does other parts of the job relatively well. You know this. Um, the team seems to know how to line up for warmups. Um. Mm-hmm. They get along. That's a big deal, apparently. They all get along. Maybe they shouldn't get along as well. Maybe it's not a good sign when your football team isn't trying to kick each other's ass. Um, yeah. But if you, if you said, all right, the way, we like the way he structures a football team. We like the way he runs a staff and he runs other things. But we've decided, and he's he has acknowledged that he's just not as smart an offensive mind as he said. So he's still going to be the head coach. Mm-hmm. He's not going to call the plays, and we're going to bring in somebody to – uh, actually do the part of the job that we thought he was going to do, which was to modernize the offense. Matt's going to be that guy's. Matt's going to be that guy's job. It's not going to be Bill Lazor. That's what I was going to say. Okay, so it's not Bill Lazor. We're going to get a new guy. And then you could leave like, all right, well maybe they'll get the right guy. Maybe that would leave you then with less than, oh shit, we're fucked. It probably wouldn't have. And obviously Nagy wasn't going to do that because he's. You're never going to convince him he's not an offensive genius. Mm-hmm. Um. But outside of that, bringing him back and have still running this ridiculous offense, whatever it is, um, isn't going to help. And I honestly, as much as Chuck Pagano ran the most milk toast defense for the last two years, simply him leaving does not mean it's going to get better. No, we should not assume that. You That's could, correct. You could bring somebody in who's actually not as good as him. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God, the defense is even worse. Because Chuck is the all Chuck is, if nothing else, a a well qualified credentialed coach. He just, uh, you know, as we've talked about before, he was the Vince Tobin to Fangio's buddy Ryan. But you know, he's still he's still a decent coach. Yeah, they could do far worse, far worse, and probably will. <laughs> um, but because, will they collaborate? Well, and you're as they try to. F- fill out there they may very well just have to pick somebody that's on the staff and maybe jay rogers will turn out to be a genius i mean he he's a defensive line coach and that is the one part of their defense that consistently they drag guys off the street and hand them to him and all of a sudden they're useful mario edwards and um i always want to call him carl urban mm-hmm. um you know guys like that so maybe that'll work because who are you going to hire that's going to come in and be like, oh, great, I get to be a defensive coordinator for a year until we yeah. all get fired. 
this is the downside that was not really talked about. Uh, I mean, we talked about it, but you didn't hear it much. Oh, well, you know, I can understand giving Pace and Nagy another, another chance. No, you can't because for that reason, you're not going to be able to get a top tier defensive coordinator. Who's going to, you're not going to be able to get, you're not going to have let Deshaun Watson take the bears off his no trade list to go play for, you know, Nagy for a year. Um, all of those things that you could be doing had you decided to clean house and start over. Now you can't do Now you, you don't get to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there right now, like with a Watson. Um, now you just have to wait another year because nobody's coming to play for this lame duck right. coach you, for a year. You're, Nobody else. So it's, they said it without saying it. They, they got to go find another quarterback. We all knew that, but we're, we were worried that, well, maybe they'd be like, oh, fuck it. Let's just run Mitch back again. Now I, I never thought that that was a chance because Nagy and Pace did not want to hitch their future to him again. They've already mm-hmm. done that. They didn't want to do that again. But if you're going to do that, you're going to have to – maybe you do, and maybe you will anyway. You're going to have to draft one or trade for one. You're going to have to force somebody to come play for you mm-hmm. because the idea of going there on your own – a, Nick Foles is already there. And even though he was bad, you, you know that the coaching staff seems to love him. Right. So, a, you know, just kind of a, a free agent who thinks he's a guy who just hasn't gotten a fair shake some other place who wants looking for a new home, he's like, I want to go to the Bears. He's, there's no there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. Plus, there's the fact that as shitty as Mike Glennon is as a player, if you're a free agent quarterback and the Bears call you up and offer you a contract and you're like, all right, the last time you signed one, you immediately turned around and used the second pick in the draft on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So what am I signing up for? Right. To come in and start for two weeks and then you hand the job over to somebody else? So the only way to get a quarterback is to trade for one or draft one where the player doesn't have the choice. They have to come <laughs> play for you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So I was thinking the other day, I was going to make a list of all of the things I like about being a Bear fan right now. <laughs> and the list, I could come up, I came up with two things. Okay. They have cool uniforms. Yep. They're not the Lions. <laughs> That's what I came up with. Um, okay. But then I read a thing today, and I, I don't remember if it was on The Athletic. I, I don't think it was. But somebody else had done the exercise about the... Um, no, it was on the athletic. It was it was a guy writing about the realistic Deshaun Watson trade possibilities and teams that could get him. And the number one one still is the Dolphins because you could give them Tua and the fourth pick in the draft and like the seventeenth pick if you get really crazy about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one was the Jets because you could get um, like the, you could get the second pick in the draft. So if you really like Justin Fields, you could trade Deshaun, get Fields, and be like, all right. We'll somehow make this work. Um, and then the Jets can go ahead and trade Darnold and get probably a two back. So there it mitigates how much they're giving up. Mm-hmm. Number three, I think, I think it was three on the list, was the Lions. And you get Matt Stafford and then a shitload of picks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go through it and basically said, this, is, this very well might be the best haul that the Texans can get. You know, Stafford's only 32. He conceivably is going to play for five or six more years. He's a pretty good quarterback who's always been on a terrible team. Going to Houston's not going to change that, at least not right away. Right. 
Then he acknowledged uh, there's almost no chance that Deshaun would waive his no trade to would approve a trade to the Lions. <laughs> okay. And of course, the Bears aren't on the list because the Bears don't have anything to trade. They can't. Right. They, they literally can't put a trade together to get him. No, they can't. What are they gonna? Yeah. What are they gonna do? Trade the next five first round picks? Well, I mean, you trade five years. What, trade, I mean, what are they gonna do? You trade Cairo Santos. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And, there you go. Now yeah, and talking. then Pace would give you every draft pick for the next decade. Right. Which, uh, which circles back to the other, ma- you know, another main topic of that the Bears wouldn't answer is how long is your contract, Ryan Pace? Yeah. Because if he's gone after this year, he'll trade you five the next five years of first round. He'd picks. do it no anyway. Problem. He's a guy who has been in the six <laughs> years he's been there has had no problem. Just how many picks do you want? Here you go. Take them. You want some mm-hmm. more? It's like he thinks they're Confederate currency. Although honestly, that might actually be worth something here. <laughs> that might be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after yeah. after Wednesday morning, that we may be we may need some. You may need to pay your bills with Jefferson Davis dollars. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, like the Q Shaman or whatever will be uh, lining up. So, I mean, that's there's so many problems with leaving him in charge of the quarterback search. And you're right. Mm-hmm. One of them is, at least when he made the choice four years ago, he's making this choice thinking, this is my ticket to a long-storied career as a general manager of the bears. Yeah. You know, one of the premier teams in the NFL, the proud history. I'm going to be here. This is a football crazy town. I'm going to pick the right quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback since Sid Luckman. I'm, I'm going to be a genius. And he fucked yep. it up. Here he is four years later thinking, I just need to save my ass. Yeah. So I, this is a, this, is the biggest hole in my roster is quarterback. I will, do, I will cram anything into it. It doesn't matter how much I have to give up. I don't care. So that's, we yeah. got the, I have that to look forward to, which is nice. Which is nice. Right. And and that's why, and, and why is this a state secret that we can't know? Why, why can't we know the length of uh, Pace's contract? I was glad Hub asked it. And then I was e- equally glad and surprised that when Hub asked him and Pace went into this laborious answer about, <laughs> Well, you know, the amount of compensation is really not that important. We all do the job here because of our love of the game and our desire to blah, blah, blah. And um, Hub's like, uh, and then he he said, well, it's like player contracts. And Hub's like, well, with all due respect, which, of course, means I'm about to completely say something disrespectful. Right. With all due respect, we know the length of player contracts. And I'm not interested at all in how much you make. I Just tell us how many more years you have on your contract. And he yeah, wouldn't say. And the only conceivable reason you don't say is that you got a contract extension and the team never bothered to fucking tell anybody because they were embarrassed to do it. And now they just don't want to fess up to it. Now, they'll say, I'm sure they'll leak to somebody. I don't know, adult adult baby Patrick Finley or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that... The reason we don't want to say is we don't want to put him at a disadvantage in negotiations with other teams. If they know he's a lame duck, then they're going to know he's, he's screwed, blah, 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 which I think is bullshit. Everybody yeah. in the league assumes that this is – assume this was his last year. They're going to treat him like that regardless of whether he's good through 2027 or not. 
Right. So they might as there was no reason not to say none. You know, if if an actual accomplished person like Theo Epstein will let you know how much how many years are left and how much money's left, then some slapdick like Ryan Pace who hasn't done anything should certainly feel compelled to tell you what his contract is. Correct. That's right. So that is a uh, an interesting theory that is also a very frightening theory because what you're saying is he they for all we know Pace might have a three or four year extension. Yeah. And so might yeah. Nagy. Because we thought we knew what Nagy's contract was, but they they bent over backwards to not tell you what his was. What he could have possibly done to have earned an extra year or four, I don't know. But when you when you hear Grandpa George sitting there on the, I'm I was amazed he wasn't like sitting on a rocking chair on a porch just to go full <laughs> full folksy, um, going on and on about how we've been successful, or it was Ted right? They've been successful everywhere except for wins and losses. Yeah, that's the only, the only little hiccup. It's like the old Shaq thing before he won his first title with the Lakers. He said, "I've won a championship everywhere except for college and the pros." <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that one was, you know, I was driving in my car when that happened and I, I, I had, it was all I could do to not just intentionally aim for the ditch. Right. But it's, it's, it's instructive of what they're really interested in and that's making money, which, yeah. you know, it's, they own a business. That's fine. But it's right. not like a typical, you know, they don't own a hamburger stand. They yeah. own a professional football team where part of what you can earn is based upon keeping your fan base excited and wanting to continue to fund this team to greater heights. And when you don't have any yeah. heights at all, fans get very fatigued. And then somebody who's been a fan of the team for 45 years makes a list of what he likes about the team. And he comes up with the uniforms and that you're not the Lions. That should scare the <laughs> shit out of them. And I don't think it does. It doesn't because the other thing that they get is a large part of their revenue comes from the league. The, the league goes out and negotiates those contracts, those enormous television contracts. And it doesn't matter who's own, who owns the Bears or or uh, or doesn't. doesn't matter who's at the head of that organization. That team is getting that money, unlike the hamburger stand owner yep. who actually has to go out and make a right. good hamburger. These guys don't have to do that because they're going to get however – you know, however many millions they're going to get from the league anyway. Uh, That's why I think it's, good it's the problem with having more than one podcast. I don't remember the, where, I've, where I've talked about what, but I think it's on here. We talked about the fact that they literally make, every team literally makes more money from the TV deals every year than it's, the amount they get is higher than the salary cap. Right. It was, uh, it was here. We talked yeah. about it. Yeah. So your, your payroll is automatically covered, which didn't used Boom. to be the case. It's the reason why, the McCaskey grandkids, say a decade ago, were all hell-bent on, let's sell the team. We're, mm-hmm. At the time, they're like, we're worth a billion dollars? Sell it. Right. Let's divvy that up. Let's go. And it's, we cannot blame all this shit on Jerry Jones. Jerry and whoever else is on the TV and radio negotiating committee got the first ridiculous contract. The, 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 the one with all the money really came in. Well, first, when Fox jumped on, Fox overpaid dramatically and that was the first significant jump but it was paled in comparison to then when nbc wanted back in um because that's what happened if fox 
when Fox jumped in, they took the NFC package, but um, CBS didn't. Wait a minute, is that right? CBS got booted at one point. CBS crawled back in. I think CBS kicked NBC out. Fox kicked <laughs> CBS out. Then the AFC package came up, and um, CBS is like, we have to have football, and they jumped back in. But the one that, but when NBC wanted to come back in, that's when the huge money came in. They they invented Sunday Night Football. They kicked ESPN. ESPN thought they were being promoted to Monday Night Football, so they gave I don't know it was like thirty billion dollars or whatever it was. And then the schedule they got their schedule the first year and went, we got the same crappy schedule we used to have on Sundays, except now it's on Monday. So yeah, you're right. When that contract kicked in, that was the end of anybody wanting to sell a football team. Yep. Because now, yes, your franchise might be worth it. There's an estimate that the Bears are worth $3 billion. Those four estimates are always bullshit, especially when you think about the fact they um, – I don't know if they pay Phil Rogers to write about baseball, <laughs> but they publish it. He may pay them. Um, <laughs> but regardless, the, the income coming in now is so good every year mm-hmm. that you – Owners don't even think about, well, if I cashed out, I'd get $3 billion, and then, you know, whatever. they don't even need it. That's no. just, that money is just off in the horizon. It's just always going to go up. That's right. So we're stuck with these turds. Right. And, and ever. Just like we're stuck with the turds on the north side forever. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that really is because, you know, we started this, this conversation by talking about how you should do something to please your fan base, but they don't have to. I, George read it. <laughs> George read an email. I think or he claimed it was an email he got and it was something like, um, you know, the, 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 it was from a season ticket holder. He said, and, and the, and the gist of it was the, the season ticket holder said, fire somebody we deserve better. Yep. Something like that. And he goes, I get it. Like, well, no, you didn't, because you didn't fire anybody. He fired nobody. I fired Chuck Pagano and told him he retired. <laughs> you know, and then uh, Teddy later on is is saying something. He's something like, oh, everybody's saying, you know, fire everyone, fire everyone. That is not the success. Well, yeah, easy for you to say, because you're one of the people we want fired. Yeah. I mean, so, of course, you don't think firing people is the recipe for success. They clearly don't remember what town they're in because no. the forever with the Wrigley's, with the Tribune, with the Cub excuse was the same thing. We can't just keep firing general managers and managers. That's right. But the answer was, if you keep hiring morons, then you absolutely have to keep firing them because hiring a guy and sticking with him longer than when everybody, it, be, it can become very apparent, like Mike Quaddy. How long did it take? Yeah. For everybody to realize, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like two, week, two weeks of spring training, but after one <laughs> season, he was gone. Right. Um, the well, we got to be patient. We can't. You can't build sustained success if you're constantly turning over your your manager and your general manager, your coach and general manager, depending on the sport. Um, it's not automatic that if you just keep the stooge, that he figures it out. You know, you, yeah, you right. have to be able to evaluate. I mean, there's two two times to evaluate. You evaluate before you hire a person, and you hope you get it right. But then you have to constantly evaluate them afterwards. And as soon as it becomes apparent that they're not up to the job, you gotta you gotta go get somebody else. And if that means you're just turning the shit over over and over again, then that's what you do. 
That's right. Yeah. I mean, look at the yeah. New England Patriots. They recycled coach after coach, and you know, like Pete Carroll was in there, and yeah. who ended up getting, you know, and they were like, "This isn't going to work. This isn't going to work." They got Bill Belichick, and then twenty years later, they haven't changed just for the sake of change. But at the same time, if they had just stuck with, you know, guys for years, that you you have to take, you have to continue to take shots, or you're never going to score. And the right. Bears are content to make a half-assed decision and then live with it. Yeah. I still think that if Jeremiah Ratliff hadn't gone in and tried to kill whoever it was he tried to kill, actually he did it twice, um, that they wouldn't have fired Phil Emery and Mark Trustman the year they did. I mean, the problem with that was they brought Jeremiah back and then he tried to kill John Fox and then they actually had to get him arrested in Hallis Hall. But... Right. Um, <laughs> that was not not a sign of a good culture. No, you might say, yeah, good football culture. Jeremiah at one point also, uh, when he was with the Cowboys, apparently threatened to kill Jerry Jones, which you know, uh, <laughs> Jerry walked through and Jeremiah had like a bad back and said, you know, you ever gonna play again? And uh, yeah. Jeremiah did not appreciate the tone and basically tried to kill Jerry. And then the Cowboys got rid of him and the Bears got him and he threatened to kill Mark Trustman and they fired Mark and then he threatened to kill John Fox and they finally got rid of him. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't. The continuity, the continuity argument only works. It, it works when when you're one of the guys that everybody wants fired. Then you then you argue, oh, we need continuity. No, you don't. You need competency first. Yeah, it's like Com- um, competency first, then continuity. It's like putting it's like putting bad gas in your car. Yeah. And then figuring out, well, shit, I'll just I'll just drive until I finally run out, and then I'll put new gas in it. It's like, all right, yeah, well, maybe you should well, have some. Maybe you should siphon the shit gas out and put real gas in before you ruin your engine and your car. Or, or it's more like you drive around with the shit gas until it empties out, and then you go fill it up with the yeah, same go shit. Go back gas. to the same gas station and go. Oh, I'm sure the gas is better now. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt the inner workings of the automobile with getting new gas. That would be terrible. I, I'm going over some of my notes. I think at some point, someone asked uh, George, um, you know, what gives you confidence that sticking with these guys, you know, is going to is going to work? You know, what? Why do you think that this is this is going to happen? And George said. Um, he said, I don't know, frankly, that a lot of people have confidence in this course of action. Yeah, he seemed oh. to think that he want, he somehow tried to take credit as though he was making this difficult decision because he knew it was right and yeah. and it wasn't going to be popular. But then when he when given a chance to defend his decision, he couldn't do it or was unwilling. Right. That's great. Now, a question <laughs> I wanted to ask, and I... I couldn't I couldn't attend the thing because I'm busy uh, getting ready for my new job as the uh, as the Cardinals beat writer for the Athletic. Because <laughs> um, somebody asked Nagy after the Packer game about if if they thought they were narrowing the gap between them and the Packers, um, which I got completely irate at the question and the answer and everything because it wasn't it was just three years ago. The Bears were better than the Packers. There was there was a gap, but the Bears were on the good side of it. So, what gap were they supposedly narrowing? <laughs> right. 
Yeah, it's narrowed. Oh, it's narrowed. It all narrowed, right. and they went. They caught up. They let the Packers catch them and then go past them. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, it just the answers just were more inane. It didn't matter who was given the answers either. You know, again, someone's like, "What? You know, why should this work, Ryan?" And he's like, "You know, what? What? What's the? You know, how are we evaluating this?" And he's like, "Well, it's the entire body of work." The, that's what we're looking at. The entire body of work. The entire body of work sucks. Yeah. Yeah. What is what is the entire body of work? A yeah. a team that has been the the literal definition of mediocre for two seasons in a row, mm-hmm. um, with an offense that is basically devoid of playmakers and a patched together offensive line, a defense which has regressed now for three years in a row. Um. Salary cap where we have very little room to right. work with. I mean, yep. Seven million dollars under the cap. Yeah, so you basically you've painted yourself into a corner and want to take credit for um like how nice the brush strokes are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh I mean I don't even know what the what best case scenario realistic best case scenario for next year is. Nine well, and seven, the eighth spot uh, in the playoffs, and another loss. And you can say, "Look, we're not, we didn't finish eight and eight. We won a, We won one more game. Right? Clearly, we're on the right track." Well, how are you going to win nine games without a quarterback? And and if you don't have, oh, I don't know Robinson. if you've seen the schedule. Well, the I don't see a road game that it looks like a clear. Maybe I guess the Lions. I don't, I don't even have the schedule in front of me. I just remember looking at it going, they're going to lose every fucking road game next year. <laughs> so it's literally impossible to go 9-7 and seven if you lose all eight on the road. And you know you're not going to win them all at home. I think they right. they could be better than this year and be 4-12. and 12. And maybe that's, that's what they need to do. Maybe they need to go 4-12 and 12 and then they can actually get a quarterback. Right, so that's all we're doing is, as we've talked about at the beginning of this, it's just delaying this by another year. Yeah, I mean there is no, there's no master plan. There's no, um, no there's no path not. to greatness. There's just the f- four people there are just trying to keep their head above water, and hoping for, a, hoping for a miracle. Yeah, they're just trying to keep their jobs uh, above all else. I mean, you know. I, Ted Phillips, you know, you know, that's, can you tell us the length of Pace's contract? Well, that's not pertinent in my opinion. Well, it, it's such an insulting answer. Yeah. It's clearly pertinent. And why don't you just answer the damn question? Um, and how is a team without a quarterback? I mean, they, they clearly, uh, Mitch is not going to be on the team next year. So as you said, we have Nick Foles, which is not a, a solution. So you don't have a quarterback. The only way, the only chance in hell you have of keeping Allen Robinson at this point is if you franchise him. Yeah, which they can't afford to do. I mean, they can literally afford it. They can go over the cap, but that it hamstrings them being able to fill any other hole. Right. And it's going to piss off Robinson, understandably, in the short term. Right. Because, you know, when he's ready to sign a big contract and pick his own quarterback, you're, I mean, it's a lot of money, but you're basically handcuffing him and saying, you, you got to stay here for a year. Yeah. You know, I I get the feeling the reason they didn't negotiate with him during the season was 
because they have such little cap room, they just made the decision, we're going to have to let him go. We're just going to have to, you know, that'll that'll give us a little more money under the cap. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know, maybe, actually, I guess if you're looking at this, he, his money shouldn't be considered on the available cap space because he doesn't have a contract for this year. So maybe that doesn't oh, yeah. even help. But maybe they looked <laughs> at it like, well, we can't. We only have $7 million. We can't be giving money to him. Right. I'm sure there are contracts they can restructure. They certainly, the guy who they ought to be restructuring um, is, um, I can't think of his name. This is how good Robert he was. Quinn. Robert Quinn, who yeah. basically stole $10 million last year. Not a good contract. Not a good signing, as that one turned out. No, and they got asked about that and basically said, oh, he'll be a lot better with a full year in the, over the in our off-season program. He's a fucking defensive end. He has one job. Go chase the quarterback. Right. You could you could pick up a guy in week four, and they and they know what to do. Yeah. It's far more likely that, you know, he's in his, I think he's on the wrong side of 30. He's been injury plagued his entire career, and he may just well be out of gas. It happens. Sure. Yeah. They were pretty, um, and I, you didn't expect him to come right out and say what Khalil's injury was, but they at least acknowledged part of what I think Khalil's problems were twofold. Chuck's complete inability to scheme where he's not constantly double teamed and then just not being right. Because mm-hmm. we didn't see the Khalil Mack that picks tackles up with one arm and tosses them to the side. No, we just didn't did. see that. Yeah, and I don't think he—he's not at an age or where he should have lost it. Um, but no, you know that's par for the course with the Bears. That you know he signed a guy to a big contract and immediately his production, you know, for whatever reason, just drops off. Well, and, and Pace, I thought, I think was throwing up injuries. Uh, I, I was throwing up listening to it, but he was throwing up injuries as an excuse. You, you know, the, talking about Khalil Mack had an inter, you know, had an inter, injury. Roquan, you know, he brought that up. You know, Roquan missed that game, and he was playing really well, which is all true. But also, again, it's an indictment of the fact that you have no depth on this team, yeah. and is also clearly a way for him to subtly be deflecting, you know, injuries really got us here. We, I've got, I put a good team together guys. Yeah. Well, and they, they didn't lose the Saint game because Roquan was hurt. I mean, right. They weren't going to win that with him, much less without him. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of questions with no, no easy answers. Um, well, did you notice, by the way, speaking of that, they love to do the the self ask answered question. Well, that's <laughs> the old the old <laughs> Tina Fey as Sarah Palin. I I don't. I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to answer uh, the question I wanted you to ask, and then they <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like uh, have you know, we done everything right as a franchise? No. That's no. Have you done everything wrong as a franchise? Yes. That's that's if you're going to self ask and answer that. Yeah. I mean, you expect him to be the, you know, do we get some things wrong? Of course. Yeah. Uh, do I still think that I'm the easily the smartest person in the NFL? Of course I am. Yes, I do. Uh, do I, I think it's purely been bad luck that we haven't won the last six Super Bowls? Of course <laughs> it is. It'll all even out. We'll be fine. Were injuries the, the main cause of our problems this year? Yes, of course they were. I got very, I got a very bad feeling 
about when Pace ticked off. Um, he said it's how did he phrased it so weird? They ask him about the, the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have. Oh, they have eight. The, they have eight the, picks. They don't have a fourth rounder because they traded it for Foles, but they have every everything else. They have. They got a couple of compensation picks, so they have eight picks. But he basically said, "We have approximately eight picks." I think is what he said. Projected. I know what you're talking. He said we were projected to have eight picks. I Which think was the word. Either means he can't count, or but I'm trading much of these fucking things because that, that's what I do. I'm just everybody right. calls me is when they want to load up on extra picks. I'm the guy. I'm the, I'm the first guy you call. You know, it's. I think they In probably the, did have a pretty good. You know, a year out, it's hard. It's still a little too early, but I think they did have a pretty good draft last year. I think Jalen Johnson's mm-hmm. like a really good player. Yeah. Like Mooney, um, I have a lot of reservations about him being their number one, but he's certainly a good. Uh, good receiver. He's a yeah. good receiver. He's, he has the potential to impact games, even though he's tiny. Be nice if he was full size. But, um, and then I think Cole Komet is going to be a good tight end. Yeah. So they hit on what three of seven. Right. So right. and that's probably not a bad batting average for picks. So they got eight. So he might end up with three good players again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you trade away, say three of those picks, now you're maybe going to have one or two on a team that really incredibly is in a mode where they would do well to trade down and get, and get more picks because they need, they need depth. They, they, there are certain areas they're not deep at and, and again, that ties back to how many years are left in your contract, right. Ryan. Because if you got one year, you know, you're left, you're not interested in building depth. You're interested in winning as many games as you possibly can this year. Yeah. The other thing that's that worries me is that they I worry that they think they actually fix the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They put a band-aid on it and they it it coincided that the newly re newfangled offensive line coincided with the schedule easing up. So just like Mitch benefited from it, so did the offensive line. Um, it certainly was better than what they had. But if they yeah. think that they're all set there, they're clearly not. They still have shit at tackle. Um, they probably now have pretty decent depth at guard. And it looks like Sam Mosfer might be able to actually be their center. He I think Olin Krutz said that Mustafer played 527 snaps at center without a penalty. Wow. Um, seems pretty good. Yeah, it does. But if they just, all right, we're good. You know, we're going to get, um, you know, we're going to get uh, Daniels back. And so that'll give us, you know, a little more depth. We don't need to go out and find anybody. Like, no, you still, you're, that line still needs work. You know, you didn't just, you know, the magic undrafted free agent tree, I don't know that you can count on filling two of your holes that way. You may have lucked right. out and found your center, but Alex Bars is probably a backup guard in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that's the other problem. You worry about how, how well do they self-evaluate? You know, yeah. Do they think, oh, you know, this, this position is pretty good? Well, no. 
Well, one of the most telling things from the uh, the aftermath of this of these press conferences was the reaction of the former players, right? Uh, at least the ones that I saw. I, I didn't see a ton, but it seemed to me like it seemed like the, the Bears former Bears players who were most vocal, at least the ones I saw, were kind of like, "This is a shit show." Right? Is that what you saw? Yeah, I mean, there was, there was no. I I don't know what we, I don't know what they could have bringing everybody back. I don't think there was anything they could have said that would have made everybody feel like, oh well, you know, we're everything's fine. Yeah. Um. Unless they were really honestly holding themselves accountable for two years of stagnation. Then maybe it'd been like, all right, it actually sounds, we don't know if they can fix it, but it certainly sounds like they've identified the problem. Um, yeah. They left the impression that if they just sit and, and talk it out, they collaborate, they'll figure it all out. And it's like, well, no, we know you, we have no faith that that's going to fix anything. Right. And and that's, that was kind of the gist of what the former players I saw were saying. It was like, how do they not know the problems? They got to sit and figure this out. Yeah. Like it's pretty obvious to us what the problems are. Yeah, hopefully the the inability to self-diagnose them at the press conference was simply them not wanting to throw players under the bus during the end of season and going, well, you know, our offensive line sucks, and <laughs> you know we don't have we you know we we have no depth at running back, and um. You know, we clearly have no depth in our defensive backfield, and and uh, Eddie Jackson has completely regressed to something yeah. that doesn't rec- that doesn't even resemble the guy that we paid all the money to. And you know, if they said that, you'd feel really good about it. But I don't know that it helps anything. It makes us feel better. Like, ah, see, that's exactly the shit we saw. Right, right. But there's a, there's an artful way of saying mm-hmm. it, that without saying it, without yeah. saying that, and, th- and they completely lack that. No, we just got the. <laughs> We just got. We got to do better. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got to take out. We got to take out the emotion <laughs> and identify what our problems are and fix it. Yeah. Well, uh, no shit. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they somebody came out and asked Nagy if he was just going to renew all his coaches' contracts. Oh right. Yeah. And he gave the oh I'm not in a bad position to say that yet. I've got a we're doing our exit interviews and stuff this week and. Yeah, yeah. Words, just I, right, I haven't completely figured out who I'm throwing under the bus yet. So, yeah. So no. You know there was. I mean, I the the writers who were asking the questions talked to Nagy at least all the time. Nobody ever gets to talk to Pace. So part yeah. of part of the questions that they didn't ask are ones they have asked, and because you expected to say, all right. Does Mitch not fit your offense, or does Mitch not fit any offense? Would have been a mm-hmm. question I would ask. I mean, is it simply a case of you? We misevaluate because actually, he can't answer that question because he, he knew not. he knew who he was getting. Yeah, you know this. The idea that you know it's not like the guy who didn't know he was getting was John Fox, right? Who draft day they traded up and picked him. He's like, I didn't know we were going to take that guy. Nagy <laughs> took the job knowing who he was getting. So he he had to in his mind at least think, all right, I've I've got I've got it. I know how to use this kid. And he didn't. Um 
But I guess the question you could ask is what what kind of quarterback can make this shit work? Yeah, what 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 are the qualities, Matt, you need in a quarterback to make your offense run? Right. That would have been a good question. I'm sure the answer you're going to get is, well, you know, uh, any quarterback. Any. <laughs> like, well, no, I think we know that because you've had some any's back there and they, they haven't done much. No. You know, is it Patrick Mahomes? Is that the only guy that can make it work? <laughs> um, but even that is a misnomer because the Bears don't run. And Nagy did, he kind of alluded, he kind of said this. The the Bears don't run the same offense as the Eagles or the Chiefs. It's their own thing. Yeah. It's clearly the worst of the three. <laughs> and that's saying something when you uh, factor in the Eagles. So, you know, this idea that, well, you know, you look at the way Andy Reid calls plays and, you know, that's what we're going to get with Nagy, that's clearly not the case. Right. And a lot of that, I think, comes from Nagy – he never – he got this job with a really thin resume. Really thin. Mm-hmm. 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 Five games of calling plays. Right. That was it, including a disastrous playoff game. Yes. Um, well, and that's why – you know, and who and who hired him, of course, is, is Pace. And I think that's one of the reasons they kept coming back to we collaborate so well yeah. because we know that – Pace and John Fox did not collaborate at all because Pace didn't want John Fox. No, John, John Fox didn't want to, didn't want anybody to tell him what to do. Right. So I wonder if that, you know, they keep, if, if for them, that just feels so refreshing that gee, we have a, a GM and a coach who can talk to one another. We must be doing it right. No, you are just, you're still doing it wrong. You were just doing it really wrong earlier. And now at least that relationship is, functioning like a, a normal yeah. relationship should function. Um, but that's, a, that's, that's step one. You guys, you guys are on, you have 847 more steps to take. Well, they clearly sold that shit to George and clearly. expected that they could sell it to us. And we would think it's as impressive right. to me. It's just like the idea that, well, you can't fire him. His players are still playing hard for him. To me, that's, that's the bare minimum. Absolutely. That is not the, well, this look how great this is. This is your if you if you can't get the players to play, then you're done. But that done. doesn't mean that if you can get them to play, you're safe. There's a there's a whole there's a whole bunch of levels there that you have to be able to hit above and beyond that. And the fact that your head coach and your GM can actually sit down and talk to each other is great. It's better than the alternative. That's not enough. No. No, it's not nearly enough. And, you know, and again, they seem to always talk about their culture they keep referring to. It just seems to be like the four of them. Because, you know, we've seen Mitch alluded to in the end of season press conference that there were some cult, you know, issues with the culture. I mean, he, he in his own said, way, made that pretty clear, I think. Yeah, he said they needed to develop a winning culture. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, who's on that? Who, whose job is that, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace? And I don't know, I don't know if, if what Mitch meant by that was the last step to this is to actually win, or I don't, I don't the think shit that's we're doing is not conducive to winning football games. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know that Mitch knows. I don't well, know that Mitch knows anything. Fair point. But fair point. Yeah, it's it could, that could either be a mild rebuke or a 
throw them under the bus. Right. It could be either. Well, one thing I do know is that you can't have players getting ejected from football games for throwing punches right. and claiming you have a good culture. Well, they, they asked George about that, and George said he was much more upset about the second one than the first one. Said, well, <laughs> you should just be okay. equally upset about both of them. Yeah. Well, as if as if that's better, by the way. So wait. <laughs> yeah. So they still so they're still not learning, and they're doing it, you know, the second time. After after the players that you know after Matt spent his precious fifteen minutes showing him film of of um, of uh, of him being punched, Gardner Johnson being punched, and then they do it again, and they do it in a playoff game. In a playoff game, when at a position they're already short. Yeah, I don't. That doesn't speak to me to a winning football. I, I don't recall a lot of you know New England Patriots punching guys uh, or Green Bay Packers for that matter. Well, Packers, used, maybe, Packers used to do this shit all the time. Well, they that's when to, they were. That's when they were losers. That's with the Forrest Gregg era, yeah. right? Um. So, Anthony Miller, I'm sure that's it certainly sounds like he's done. Another guy yeah. they traded up to get. Mm-hmm. Had to have him. God, this is the guy. We got to have him. I can't possibly let anybody else take him. Right. It really feels like. Um. It's it's almost like Pace goes into treats it like a fantasy draft, where he writes down like five guys he's got to get, got to get these guys, do whatever it takes to get these guys, and then a couple of them fall off the board, and then it's complete panic. Well, shit, I got to do whatever it takes to get this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, most teams trust their draft board, and yes, they will try to maneuver up. Like, oh, I think. We've got a pretty big gap here between this wide receiver and the next one. Let's see if we can, if the price is right, let's see if we can get up and get a guy. Um, Where Nagy just seems to be to zero in on a particular player and without any kind of plan B. And, oh, we're (laughs) fucked if we can't get this guy. Yeah. You know, they had to trade up to get Komet. And one of the things, they only moved up a few spots. And I I distinctly remember on draft night watching that, the weird... uh, Roger Goodell sitting by in his easy chair draft. Yeah. Somebody put um, that on his draft board. Um, it was one of the fake experts. I was Daniel Jeremiah or somebody like that. Um, that around this time, one of the two Notre Dame guys should go. Either Cole Komet or Chase Claypool. And the Bears like leapt up to get Komet. And... To me, that's because they were so sure they just had to have a tight end. Right. Got to get it. Where I'm sure other teams looked at it and went, all right, if Komet goes, we've got this guy, there's our next tight end. Yeah. And, oh, there's this Claypool kid who's basically tight end size, but he's a wide receiver. Right. Maybe we get maybe we get him. Um, I don't know. I just I get the feeling that given how predictable it is every year that he's going to just zero in on a guy and trade up to get him, that – they don't they don't understand how contingency plans work. Yes. I think that's a really good point. You know, I not saying it's never worth it to trade up to get a player, but over time you can't continue to do it. Because right. you can't always sacrifice you have to have enough confidence in your draft board that like, okay, we we got eight picks this year. We need to get out of here with seven guys who can really help us. 
that allows you the idea that you could trade up in one of the spots. Yeah. You can't come out of it with five. You just, you can't do it because you don't have enough depth on this team. You're not putting the finishing touches on a draft. It's it's like You're if right. Jim Finks in 1983, one of the great drafts of all time by any one team, had been like, you know what? At fucking Willie Galt, we got to get him no matter what. Mm-hmm. And we'll give up. Here, here's take four of our picks to get Willie right. Gold. And then we all and then yeah. all of the all of the roster, you know, the guys they got at the back half of the draft who ended up all starting on a Super Bowl team, they don't get. Mhm. Right. Well, and, and it's and and of course in the Bears case it's even worse cuz the problem isn't that they're trading up to get the right guy. They could have traded down to get the right guy, as yeah. we've talked, as we've all discussed. Ed well, they could have they could have traded down to get Mitch. They traded, well, up, yeah. they traded up to get him. They could have traded down to get uh, Mahomes and Watson. Yes. that's what they could have done, and, and and kept all the picks that they traded, and then gotten a bunch a bunch more picks in return, and got neither Mahomes or Watson. So I, I that was it. I was right giving, there, that was, it. I was giving this some thought. Pace fucked up. The third pick in that draft, three times. <laughs> the first one was a complete misevaluation of who the best of the three quarterbacks was, because mm-hmm. he had his pick of the three, picked the not only picked the worst of the three, picked the only one of the three who can't play. Right. Second misevaluation <laughs> right. of it was apparently he got a phone call from a team who, who wanted to know what it would take to trade up to get the Bears pick at three. He, in his mind, he assumed they were coming up to get Mitch. Yep. And if they would trade to get to three, they would trade to get to two. So he yep. was going to have to trade to get to two. Because I forget who had the first pick that year. They weren't going to take a quarterback. So the first quarterback wasn't going to go off until two at the earliest. So, he, so that's the second time he fucked it up. The third time he fucked up the evaluation of that pick was when he traded for Khalil Mack. The Khalil Mack trade was a trade made to get the finish, finishing piece mm-hmm. on a championship team. And you only make that trade if you think you've got the guy running the show on the offense who you can win a Super Bowl with, and you're going to add an impact player on defense, and holy shit, nobody can stop us now. That's right. Because if you knew Mitch sucked, you don't trade for Khalil Mack. Right. You take those picks and you try to hit. You try to find the next Khalil Mack and other players because you still need them. But he decided, um, Mitch is the guy no matter what. I'm going to trade up to get Mitch so that I can get him no matter what. And now that I've got Mitch and I've got my coach, and we haven't seen shit other than preseason. And in the very first year of Mitch as a full-time starter and Nagy as my head coach, I'm going to go get Khalil Mack as my finishing piece. Yes, and so. Right. He wasted draft capital, extra draft capital to get Mitch. He wasted the Mitch pick, and then he wasted the extra picks that he traded to get Khalil, who's obviously a very good player, but was did not come to a team where he was the final piece to that puzzle. Right. It's just like, and it's just like we've seen an example in this town of a competent general manager doing that, or was Theo getting a role as Chapman? Right. That was the final piece. That was what. He judged this is what we need. We do not have a closer. Did not have a, did not have an elite closer. I don't care what we got to give up. We got to give this up. We're going to get this guy. We're going to win the World Series. That's what happened. That's that's how it's done competently. To put yourself over the edge. 
But you're right. You, you he made that trade completely misevaluating where the team was and and its ability to compete for a championship. And we've been paying for it ever since. It's not like we're any better. This team this team does not despite the playoff appearance. It's not like you look at this and go, who looks at this team and goes, yeah, they're on an upward trajectory right now. The uh, anybody? And then the the defense for both of those things is both trades is that the 49ers did not do much with the picks they got. They took mm-hmm. Solomon Thomas at three. He's not much of a player. Um, they took, uh, what's his name, the crazy linebacker from Alabama who'd been kicked out of the combine. He's since basically domestic violenced his way and DUI'd his way out of the NFL. And then the Raiders, in typical Raider fashion, um, just overdraft at every spot. Yeah, I almost think I'd rather if you're gonna if you're gonna fuck up, I'd rather fuck up the way Mike Mayock fucks up than the way Pace does. Mayock falls in love with a player, and he's just gonna take him. He's like, all right, um, we've got him ranked 34th. We have the 15th pick, but in the next round we have the 47th pick. He's not gonna be there. We'll just take him. That ironically is the um, that was the Doug Collins theory of drafting and he did it. Um, he, he espoused it one year with the uh, Pistons when he picked Allen Houston, and Lindsay Hunter, both guys, people are like, ah, he took that guy. He took that guy a little bit higher than he probably should have gone. And Doug's like, they were the guys we wanted and they were there. So we right. took them and now we've got the two players we wanted. And Allen Houston, both of them played pretty well for the Pistons. Houston is better. Remember for signing a terrible contract with the Knicks and the NBA had to create a rule after the strike where you could actually take a player off your salary cap because he's, he's so overpaid. And it was the Allen Houston rule, which very, something to be really proud of. Um, <laughs> so Mayock drafts like that. Ah, Henry Ruggs. I love this kid. Well, he's probably the 25th best player in the draft. You should probably see if you can trade down closer to 25, but I'll take him with the 11th pick. Cause then I know I'll get it. I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Pace is in the, that's the guy I got to have. I'm going to trade up to make sure that I don't, that I don't miss him. Right. At the very least, Mayock gets to keep all his picks. Right. He gets more swings at the draft than Pace does. Uh, neither. If you're at home trying to figure out which is the better approach, neither of those is the better approach. You know, you, you're supposed to be able to accurately, there's, there's two kinds, there's, you have to evaluate a player two different ways. How good is he, and where does he likely fit in among all the other picks so that we maximize our picks by picking guys close to where their total value is? Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't see that Pace is terribly good at either of those things. Right. And that's kind of uh, damning when you're letting a guy draft. And then after six years, oh, what the, what's the harm in letting him pick another? Give him another draft. Right. Yeah. It'll be great. Well, that's what like you said at the beginning of this podcast. You know, when when Pace made that move, he was thinking, okay, I'll, I'll be the hero. Uh, you know, I'll take the, the Chicago Bears. This is, we're going to get the franchise quarterback we've always needed. That's fine. Hey, if you make that swing and you hit on it, you get all of those rewards. You do. You are thought of as a genius. You are thought of as you are revered in this town, right? All of that stuff happens for you. 
Well, when you miss, you generally also you get the negative consequences, which is we have to move on, Ryan. You had you took your swing. God love you. It didn't work out. We got to go on. You don't get to do it again. I mean, that's what a real boss would have said to him. Right. Which is, you know, we gave you the job. We let you do it, you know, without interference. You picked a quarterback and you got it wrong. So that's fine. We know not everybody's going to get every pick right, but right. you got to go. Right. You know, we can't we can't risk you taking doing that's get, it? fucking it up again. That's it. The thing I'd like to know, you know, the story came out sometime during the season about how the Mitch, the evaluation of Mitch came down and that Pace basically froze out a bunch of people from having input into the evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. John Fox, Dowell Loggins, which, you know, you kind of see it, but you can't at the same time. He was literally afraid. He was, he, he wanted Mitch. And he was afraid to listen to um, conflicting opinions, which yeah, should never be. As a as an as a player evaluator, you should listen to everybody. That means you're still going to use your best judgment, but you should it, you you have to be adult enough to listen to everybody's opinion, especially your your head coach yes. and offensive coordinators. If you're talking about a quarterback, yeah, because apparently Fox, who wanted I forget, I don't remember who he wanted. He wanted a defensive player. I th- had basically said. If you're going to pick a quarterback, pick the guy Watson, we should get is Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And he was right. Yes. Um, and, and that so, was John – by the way, I'm sorry. John Fox figured that yeah. out. <laughs> but, no, you picked the, the guy who was third-team ACC and played in the Sun Bowl instead of the guy who single-handedly beat Alabama in one national championship game and almost beat them in another. Yeah. Right. You don't want him. I mean, the knocks on Watson were he didn't have a he didn't have a really strong arm, and he'd already had a serious knee injury. Those were the two knocks. Everything else was top notch, smart, yep. athletic, yep. a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know that Dabo Sweeney ever helps anything when he starts to. Go, put the corn pone on and go on and on. But he was basically telling everybody that Deshaun Watson was the Michael Jordan of quarterbacks. Right. That he would rip your heart out to win a game and that that's the guy you should go with. Um, Nagy apparently didn't want to hear it. He wanted this complete blank slate and blank everything quarterback from North Carolina who was only good enough to start one season. It was mm-hmm. third team all-conference. Um, who had a stronger arm, but not a more accurate one. And then I've, you know, and it seems like he always gets a pass on Mahomes because Mahomes was so hard to evaluate because of the ridiculous offense that he played in. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there wasn't a, tr- there wasn't a track record of anybody playing in the air raid who was worth a shit when they got to the NFL. So it's almost like everybody's like this. But what it goes in the face of that was the Chiefs traded up to get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chiefs figured it out. Chiefs like, yeah, I went, that's the guy we want. Let's go get him. Yeah. And by the way, you're supposed to have, first of all, as a, as a player personnel guy, which is what he was, and now a GM, 
you're supposed to be able to figure that stuff out. Yeah. And you're supposed That's to have scouts that and an analytical department that could figure that out. That's why you have a combine. Yeah. That's what you're well, that's the only time they talked to Watson was at the combine during one of those little five minute pass through interviews where he talked to like 40 guys and they told him, they told him they were going to come visit him at Clemson and then they didn't. And they never did. I think they went to his pro day and left. In fact, I'm pretty sure they left the pro day early so they could get to North Carolina to have fucking dinner with Mitch. And then I think it was Lawrence Holmes. Somebody said that, um, the the charming Camry story was basically manufactured by Pace. He told Mitch to drive the car so they'd have so they'd have this the you know oh he drove Grandma's car to dinner. Yeah, I don't give a shit because I always thought the story was fucking stupid in the first place. Totally stupid, right? I don't understand that as a rationale for drafting a quarterback. Yeah, Sorry, he was so down to earth or whatever. Yeah, right, whatever. Or shit. You know, it's bad enough that the Pace. Um, era was always going to be judged by him fucking up the quarterback, the fucking up the the Mitch pick, but now they're going to let him do it again. So he might have he might leave with a legacy of passing on, you know. Well, let's add a couple of Hall of Fame quarterbacks to the list. You already got two. Maybe you can double down. Maybe there will, you know, maybe not Trey Lance, but Quad Lance coming out of somewhere. We'll, yeah, right, right. We'll just we'll turn out to be this great quarterback who the Bears don't who the Bears pass up at twenty. Maybe the Bears draft Matt Davis instead of Mac Davis. I still think Matt Davis would be. <laughs> you know, but it's interesting though. Why? Why the fact that he didn't tell John Fox almost suggests that he didn't want John Fox to, John Fox to like laugh at him. Well, he didn't want like, anybody that was going to tell him that he was wrong. He didn't want. Right. Any, he didn't want any pushback, and you can't have that. You cannot your, have from that. your general manager. They have to be willing to argue their pick with anybody. Yes. You have Instead to be able to of, collaborate. Oh, fuck it, I don't want to talk to that guy. He's not going to, he's not going to like this pick. I'm just not going to tell him what we're picking. I mean, what Which, the hell is the way, that? He's the head coach. He better like your pick. He better at least yeah. be on board with it. Isn't that your job as a collaborator to make sure that your head coach is on board with your quarterback pick? And it also didn't make any sense that they kept Fox for that third year. No. Well, again, who's making the who is making those decisions, or who it is was, making them? You know, it was George. Peace at that point should have been able to go to George and go. All right, Fox did the thing we needed him to do. He cleaned up yeah. the Tressman stench. This is run like a real NFL team again. But this is the year we're going to pick our quarterback, and we've got to shift now to an offensive coach because that's what we're going to develop. That's what a real GM. Instead, done. they okay. picked Mitch, and they let him dick around for a season with. Fox and Dowell Loggins wonderful sheet of unrelated plays that he called an offense. Right. Well, it sounds like a healthy organization and I can, I can understand why you want all four, all four guys coming back because they've learned a lot, Andy, since then. I did think it was nice of, of Sean Payton on uh, Sunday night to pay tribute to the bears by running the play. (laughs) <laughs> Javon Wims dropped and having Jameis Winston throw a touchdown pass. The only touchdown pass. No, that's not right. Drew threw one to. No. Was that the only touchdown pass of the game? Was Jameis? Uh, I think, yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> and I did find it a little alarming that it took Fox so long 
to figure out. At first you thought, okay, they just don't care that it's the same play from last week. But then, like, early in the fourth quarter, right, they actually finally mentioned the fact that, oh, that's actually the play from... That's the kind of shit that analysts live for, mm-hmm. is to be able to point that out. And Troy, I'm sure, said, fuck, I'm not watching the Bear Saint tape. <laughs> so he didn't right. know. Right. I thought that was funny. Collinsworth, for all of his faults, he would have been all over that. Oh, Romo would have been shouting it out during the play. Oh, absolutely. Because I was. As soon as Jameis started coming, I'm like, oh, fuck, they're running the bear play. And then there it was. Mm-hmm. It's like, Jesus. This is what happens when the receiver doesn't drop it. Yeah. And it, you saw how much better it worked with Alvin Kamara than it did with David Montgomery. Because yeah. everybody on the Bucks ran after Kamara. They're like, holy right. shit, here he comes. But uh, irregardless. Irregardless? Regardless. <laughs> They work both ways. So we're so the Bears next year uh, uncertain at the don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Don't know who the quarterback um, is. We don't know if Allen Robinson's coming back. I think we do know if he's coming back or not. So your top two receivers, right? Robinson and Miller, both yeah. are likely gone. I mean, I think, they're, yeah, I think Mo- Mooney gone. is probably the actual number two. But yes, you. A position where you don't have any depth, you're going to let two guys leave. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you got You don't really have a tackle. You got two right. guys who line up there. Leno and Afedi is not a tackle. He's not. He's barely a guard. So right. Really, you can't go into it with him playing tackle. And, and and it shouldn't be overlooked. There is an opportunity. Some team is going to get Watson. Some is more than likely. He's not, you know, he's played his last game as a Texan. And I the Bears it, are I think it depends on who. I think the Texans could salvage it if they hire the right coach. If they hire somebody, say they hire Eric Bieniemy, and he goes in there and he sits down with Deshaun, and he goes, yeah, they screwed you over. They said they were going to give you input, and then they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm here now and this is the shit we're going to, we're going to fix this. This is the stuff we're going to run. I think it, that can still be salvaged. This whole, he's definitely gone thing. I mean, if they hire, you know, I don't know. If they hire some retread stooge. Then John yes. Fox. Right. <laughs> I heard John Fox. Fox. <laughs> I heard Leslie Frazier mentioned. It's like, eh, really? We've teams have been down that road. You don't need to hire yeah. Leslie Frazier. Congrats. Uh, so we've hired Dick Duran. Oh, terrific. That's Yeah, then great. Deshaun is going to want to go. But I still think they could. I don't know that anybody has any confidence that the Texans are bright enough to figure to navigate that. But um, No. But again, this just underscores what if the Bears had a had a coach like that, a really desirable head coach. To, to the point where Deshaun's like, "You know what? I got a no trade clause. I ain't playing for you guys, Texans. And I'm not and I want to play for that guy who the Bears has hired." Figure it out. But that's not, you know, that's not even an option. No. But, you know, the Bears, let's say they didn't make the, let's say they accurately, they fucked it up and they picked Mitch. Yeah. But they didn't trade up to get him. And then they didn't trade for Mac because after they got Mitch, they're like, I don't know. And they actually had those, you know, what is it, three other number ones that they gave away on those two. Yeah. Very different looking team. Right. And then they could be a team that Deshaun looks at and goes, you know, if that team had a good quarterback, that'd be a really good team. That's all they're missing. But they he's not looking at the Bears and thinking that. No. I think if that team had a really good quarterback, it would just it would need a, a bunch of other really good players. 
<laughs> right. So that's where you. That's why I think they really, the, they doubled and tripled down on Mitch and got it wrong three times instead of once. And I don't know how you ever, I don't know how you come back from that, but they certainly apparently want to let Pace try. Uh, evidently, yeah. At this point, we're almost better off if Pace has like three years on his deal. Ugh. Because then, then he's then maybe he's actually picking a quarterback based on three years instead of I got to get somebody. Because the Save the two time. ways you can go with it, you can if you if you pick a quarterback in the first round, nobody's going to expect a, that quarterback to be fully formed at the end of season one. Right. Nay and Pace are safe for they're back in twenty twenty two. Um. Everybody's stomach is churning who's listening to this right now. If it wasn't already. Unless it's Mac Jones. And then people see him with his shirt off once and go, holy Ooh, shit. Look at that. What did, is he a guard? A very, un, is he a guard from 1958 where they didn't lift weights? What did we pick? Uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, them trading up in the third round to get Ian Book. That'd be great. Yeah. And then we can run a bunch of six-yard outs because that's as far as he can throw. That'll be great. You know, Andy, he might he might not be around on the third round. You better not. Yeah, you, you might need to trade up to the top of the second to get him. Yeah, yeah. Or just pick him pick him with pick number twenty. Why take a chance? He's our guy. We wanted him. He was available. Great. Wonderful. So I don't know if you saw in the athletic today. Dan Pompey had like a five-step plan to fix the quarterback. Spot. And it was, it was ridiculous. Pompeii f- pseudo profundity crap. Um, some of it was just super obvious, like pick a quarterback every year. Well, yeah, that's Pace said he was going to do that, and he didn't do it. Right. The, the 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 absurd part of that is that he didn't do it. Is there's a tangible benefit to it, even if you, even if it turned out Mitch was a really good quarterback, because those quarterbacks have value. If, yes. if teams look and go, you know, the guy that the Bears had behind Mitch is actually pretty good. That's right. a guy you can trade then for more than what you for for better than what you picked him for. The the Packers did that with yeah. um Mark Brunel and um what's his name? The guy who played with the Saints that I can't think of his name. Oh number two. Anyway, they, him, um, even Matt Flynn. Yeah. Actually, I don't know that they. I actually don't think they ever cashed Matt Flynn in. I think he signed a big deal with the Seahawks, and then then the Seahawks same same year picked Russell Wilson, and Flynn never started for them. Which is another good example of why you pick multiple years. You pick quarterback. You may just find a guy who's better than the guy you have. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what the Seahawks did, and then they've been set at quarterback now for a decade. But if you just don't pick them, you never get that benefit of that. It's, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like shortstops. Yeah, right. I was just gonna say you can that. never have too many shortstops. That's right. You can never have too many quarterbacks. Right. Now, ironically, the Cubs at one point claimed they did have too many shortstops, and then two years later they were starting Mike Freeman in games in September. So right. that That's can go right. away fast. But that was a uh, bit of a stumble. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. You trade one to get a closer. Another one decides he's going to beat up his girlfriend. And then one gets hurt. And all of a sudden, Mike Freeman. Right. But still. Um, and then there were things like uh, hire a quarterback guru. Oh, I thought we did that. Like Mike Holmgren. Actually, I think his point was hire a guy who's going to like look over your evaluations before the draft and say, here's where I think you're right, here's where I think you're wrong. So hire a general manager to watch Basically. over your general manager. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah, that's good. Ernie Acorsi not available? We had a good... He's still on his Norwegian cruise or wherever he is right now. I'm surprised he didn't say hire a general manager of quarterbacks. <laughs> You hire one GM who his whole job is just to look for quarterbacks. Right. Speak to the Bidwells, see what they see what they think. Yeah. Well, the actually, incredibly, the Cardinals are a good example of. So they um, they drafted Josh Rosen, and yeah, he was like the seventh pick in the draft, and then the very right. next year, they took Kyler Murray. They didn't go. Oh, we got our quarterback. We got this guy. Yeah. They traded Rosen to the Dolphins, I think. Got something for him. He, of course, has flamed out. He's on like his third team since then. But they didn't just let the, oh, we found the guy. We think he's going to be good. We haven't really seen him play much, but he's our guy. They were like, "Uh uh-uh. This guy's better. Let's pick him. The Bears are not, you know, they will settle for whatever. Yeah. You know, one of the things he said was, don't draft a quarterback based completely on need, which is what they're going to do this year. That And he, the two examples he gave were Cade McNown and Rex Grossman. You took guys with obvious flaws because you had to have a quarterback. You were at a point where you were screwed. Um, Cade was too small and a dick. <laughs> Rex was just too small. Right. Rex is our quarterback. Rex could do everything except C. <laughs> like he really had a great arm for a guy who's barely six foot tall. He could really throw it, but he did not have the Drew Brees knack of shift a little bit this way or that way, look through the line, anticipate things. Rex was, I can't yep. see it. I'll bet he's open. I'll just launch <laughs> it. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yep. Well, quite a bit, Rex actually, but okay. <sighs> But there's another good example. So they they take, I think I get the order of this right. They draft Rex. And then the next year, Aaron Rodgers plummets down the draft board. Right by the Bears. We're Mm -hmm. like, we got our quarterback. We don't need this guy. Right. I mean, a lot of teams did that. But they were one of them. They were one of the teams that did it. Yes, they were. It's like I often think of... Uh, how how one fluke year can impact the long term, and I don't know if this is right, but um, I think I think Mike Trout was picked in the 2009 draft. I think sounds right. So the Cubs had had a really good record in 08, and if there was ever a player, except he didn't go to Dunedin High, but um. If there was ever a player that was a Jim Hendry player, it was Mike Trout. It was the toolsy guy who, you know, nobody saw him play a lot because he was Connecticut or wherever he grew up or whatever. But um, people who saw him knew he was really good. But there was just enough, eh, is he really a high first round pick? I've always been convinced 
that the Cubs would have taken him. But they, because he, and he went like in the 20s to the Angels. <laughs> but the Cubs were picking almost dead last because they'd finally had a good, a good record, even though they completely pissed that away when they got to the first round of the playoffs. Right. So I was thinking of that. And then I always think of, I think it was Rex. It couldn't have been Cade. Aaron's not that old. I always think of that as like, so the Bears had drafted this flawed quarterback and convinced themselves that we'd fixed it so we could stop mm-hmm. looking and watch another guy go zipping right by. No, it turned out better for Rodgers that he didn't yeah. ever get stuck with the Bears. But he might not have been a Packer and been killing them for the last 15 years or whatever it is. Right. That would have been an improvement. So anyway, we can uh, we don't have to worry about the Bears now till like April when they screw up the draft. <laughs> mm. But it will be interesting to see what happens when Pace and Iggy put their big brains together and come up with their perfect quarterback. I'm a little afraid because they did it last year and they and we got Nick Foles. Yeah. Yeah. And we still have Nick Foles. That's the one certainty. We know one of the quarterbacks. We know Nick Foles. We do know that. Can't even trade him to the Eagles because Doug Peterson's gone. Right. Maybe Doug will end up on somebody's. Maybe somebody may have offensive coordinator. And then he can go, hey, remember, you want a Super Bowl with Nick. You want to give us a third-round pick for him and take the damn money off our hands? Well, are, are, are the Bears plotting now to maybe do maybe Doug can be our get rid of Laser? We could have Doug Peterson coach Nick. Oh, they wouldn't get rid of Laser. They said this is add Doug, more <laughs> offensive coordinators. That's what we want. More guys. Uh, yeah, there was a well, good, promising. I don't know if it was Mina Kimes. Somebody wrote a thing about what Doug Peterson's gift to the NFL was. Two really. He stole a Super Bowl away from the Patriots, which was always fun. Mm -hmm. But he was, uh, from the very beginning of getting his job, he was super aggressive going for it on fourth down. He was like, he embraced the analytics that said teams punt way too much. Right. And it has shifted where teams are more, are, are more likely to punt than not, which was, uh, during the podcast we did, Donahue and I did last week on the 84 Bears Redskins game was never more apparent than the Bears punting from the Redskins 35. Oh. <laughs> and ironically, it worked out because the uh, the punter got roughed and they got an automatic first down. <laughs> but they were so... Bob Thomas was still the kicker. He was terrible. Yeah, He missed an extra point in the playoff game. We'd had another game where we had looked back earlier in the season, and he had missed two extra points. And remember, they were kicking, they were snapping from the two. Yeah, right. These are nineteen yarders. So Dicka had zero confidence. You, you could, it was, it would be malpractice to let Bob Thomas try a fifty-two yard field goal anywhere. I just right. couldn't do it. Um, but the fact that on fourth and seven at the thirty-five, they were just going to punt. It was just amazing. Uh, but they got bailed out on that. So, anyways, that's what we can thank. Yeah. Doug, that's what we can thank Doug Peterson for. He, oh, good. He I showed he showed that it's um, you should be going for it on fourth down more often than you are. 
Well, at least there's that. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. All right. Well, I don't think we accomplished anything with this other than we vented again. But people seem yeah. to like that. So well, um, they can listen to us vent, bemoan the future of our f- favorite football team. Yeah. And then they can make their own list at home about what, what they like about being Bear fans. See if they can get to three. Because <laughs> I got stumped at two. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's your off-season homework, Bears yeah. fans. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to say when they go to Bourbon A, but they don't go to Bourbon A anymore. There's... They don't go to camp. Now this year nobody noticed because nobody went to camp. But they weren't going to Bar- they weren't going to Bourbon A. Everything's at Lake Fort, which actually makes it makes more sense. They were only going to Bourbon A as long as they were because of a deal they worked out with the not at all shady George Ryan. <laughs> where to secure some of the state funding they needed for New Soldiers Field. They moved mm-hmm. um, they moved training camp from Platteville, Wisconsin to Olivet Nazarene, which just happened to be in um, the area that George Ryan was from. Pure coincidence. Just pure coincidence. Yeah. But, you know, they spent, I don't know how many tens or hundreds of millions of dollars to fancy up um, Hallis Hall. And then there they were. Now it was less and less every year. They were making token appearances by the end. But... um, yeah, it's like, what the fuck are we going down to this shitty little college in a dry town wasting <laughs> our time? The players all yeah. loved it. They just loved Bourbon A. So. Anyway, I can't even say we will see in Bourbon A because they're not. But yeah, you need to have your... Uh, by the time they report to for regular training camp, I, I need your lists of um, <laughs> things you like about being a Bear fan. Yeah. And if Jeff Joniak is on the list, then I'm throwing it away. <laughs> it's disqualified immediately. Send those to at com on Twitter. Tweet them out. Yeah, please. All right. Well, until All next right. time, whenever that is. Whenever that is. We bid you adieu, Bears fans. Thank you for listening. Many of us have herpes. <laughs> 